Well, th- hey, thanks for that, uh, that slam dunk that you threw down on me there a, a month or so ago. I mean, does anybody, like, look at a sunset, like, on a beautiful day? What is that cat doing? Uh, Jim is doing that swooshy thing again. I already gave him a little bit of shit. Am I allowed to say shit? I gave him yeah. a little bit of shit. It's- And welcome to episode 37 of the Romantic About Baseball podcast. I am your host, Adam McKinnon, joined as often by my co-host, Jim Passon Jr. Jim. Hey, happy evening to you. And to you as well. Uh, I assume it's, ep- I'm pretty sure it's episode 37, but you know, it's one of those. And uh, because 20, it's 2020 and it makes no sense anyway. Yeah, we'll try to get it right next episode if we're yeah. wrong this one. It's there all you good, go. That's right? fine. It don't just don't cesspitus me for the next uh, for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> no guarantees. Yeah, right. Uh, well, uh, we'll 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 get we'll get to that a little bit later. But um, uh, first, um, we uh, we should probably cover the uh, the dumpster fire that is the 2020 uh, season. Just 2020, but really the season overall. We'll kind of hone in on that because this is a baseball podcast. Um. So as of now, uh, as of the time of this recording, we have um, roughly, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, six plus teams, uh, Phillies, Orioles, Marlins, Carlins, and Brewers, and, and more, I'm sure, on the way um, to be affected by the coronavirus. Um, the Marlins outbreak has exceeded 20 uh, I, you know, the, uh, reports from, uh, you know, reports are that the outbreak in St. Louis is starting to take shape and it's not pretty. So, you know, um, Manfred, uh, it seems to have taken the tact of, you know, bl- uh, basically just putting it square on the players and maybe in the Marlins case, uh, you know, going to, uh, supposedly reportedly going to strip clubs, going out, um, you know, there's definitely a, uh, some irresponsibility to be had there, but, um, you know, Jim, uh, before we get really into it here, like what's your, what's your take so far on what's going on? I mean, I heard about the strip club thing, but right. I don't, I, that's only been, I mean, it seems like a rumor to me, but I don't know. I haven't seen a account that I, I trust to, to get that out there. But right. from what I do understand for sure is that they've been at least they were down in the, the, the hotel lobby i believe uh right. the hotel bar or something in atlanta uh so there is uh yeah there are some signs of them not you know social distancing and wearing masks and taking the precautions that they probably should be right but uh you know we don't know where the heck they got it so we don't right. know if they're dragging it up to with them from florida already and uh was still in the incubation process while they were in atlanta and then it finally started showing up while they're in philadelphia i really don't you know but we do know one thing that once it starts and it's inside, right, it's inside your group and you're indoors and you're huddled to working together and stuff like that, it spreads a lot easier than it does out on the field, at least from the testing that they've done on the Phillies, right? So right. Um, learning a little something, something about what it's going to take uh, to keep the team healthy, at least. I mean, if anything, the Marlins have done is they've shown us a pretty good example of what we hope nobody else is going to have happen, right? Right. So, it's it's in it just speaks to it speaks to a lot of things in regards to this virus and how much how little we really understand it 
how transmissible it really is. And, you know, when you talk about, say, like the demographic of people that we're trying to convey these, these messages to, you know, um, we're talking about, and this is, this is kind of what I'm getting to a little bit with this conversation is, you know, um, you look at baseball players, professional baseball players, a lot of the guys on teams like, say, the Marlins uh, are in a position that, you know, opting out is not an option. These are young players, many of whom English is a second language. And, you know, we barely understand this virus in English. (laughs) And how are we going to communicate this to, uh, you know, how are we going to communicate this effectively to young men who are generally, you know, there's your first obstacle. Young men with this virus have generally been difficult to educate. Or there's that feeling of invincibility, right? Now you take that feeling of invincibility, mix it with a, you know, these are young men that have been groomed to do nothing but play baseball since their teenage years. In some cases, if they came from, say, an international scouting, if they were an international scouting prospect, this is a team that has built up from the draft, that has built up from the international pool. So now you take in a lack of edu- of general education on these items, and that's not to insinuate that they are not smart. That does not insinuate anything other than they have done pretty much nothing through their formidable years except play baseball, right? And take it a step further, and now you have a language barrier. It's not entirely surprising to me that this is happening, one, Two, that it's happening to a team like the Marlins. And again, I can't stress this enough. That's not to single the Marlins out, nor is it to make any insinuation other than we, uh, you know, we as Americans barely understand this. And now we're putting the onus on people that really shouldn't, this onus should not be put on them. (laughs) You know, and so is, is this altogether surprising to anybody? Yeah, I mean, not to me, right? I mean, just seeing how the country has reacted to the to the situation themselves. It's right. I mean, the information's out there, right? And yet, our country has been slow to be able to try to figure it out. Um, the, the the methods of of being able to get through this this pandemic and, and get to the other side of it are there, right? I mean, KBO's got ten percent of their stadiums filled now with a, a baseball fans, social distancing within, but hey. At least they're getting to do it, right? Their right. season's not in jeopardy and, and whatnot. They've shown there's ways we couldn't do it as a country. And so we're stuck inside of it still with, with whatever is going on all over the place. So um, the education's there, it's just that nobody's really educated upon it. And then Correct. Major League Baseball goes and basically takes the same route as the rest of the country has and, uh, and, and throws it in there just like everything else, right? Like, okay if we're about ready to play in a, a season that we missed what months of, right. We missed, I mean, playing a 60 game season. We missed over a hundred games of this season that could have been played for each team um, because of COVID. Right. And then you finally get the thing back together. And, and where was the, where was the, 
the uh, classes? Where was the information? Where was everything to be like, hey, okay, the only reason why we're in this boat is COVID. Okay, let's talk about COVID. Right. How does it work? How does it move around? How does it infect people and everything else? What should we expect? What should we see? You know, how important it is to social distance and wear your mask, stuff like that, right? It, that should have been at the forefront of this whole damn thing because it's the whole damn reason we're in the damn boat we're in. But right. no, instead, we ended up with, okay, yeah, let's get it. Okay, how many games, you know, when and where, right? Oh, no, I'll pay you. You want to play 75 games, I'll give you 80% of your money to play it. Oh, you don't want that? Okay, let's play 68 of the games, and I'll give you 85%, 90 90% of your money. Just give me expanded playoffs. So just the fight ended up being on uh, about money and games played and everything else, and then the COVID thing just got brushed to the side. And it did. It, it became a second. Marlins, it, Cardinals. It became a secondary priority. I agree with you. It, it became a secondary priority when it was the primary thing driving the whole situation. So I, you know, and, and of course now, I just can't think of a situation. You got. You've got to figure that Adam Silver. And, you know, um, you know, Roger Goodell are Goodell. watching, yeah, are watching this as a template on what not to do, because now let's take everything we just talked about. Okay. You're, you're absolutely right. You've got young players whose union representation was so hung up on the financial end of things that safety protocols and, um, you know, and all of that got pushed to the side. This is what cracks me up about it. More emphasis has been put on testing than the actual protocols. There wasn't a safety compliance officer anywhere, like an RA type, anywhere on until the Marlins outbreak happened. Yep. Did we forget that a test tells you whether or not you got it? It's like we're trying to deal with players after they get it as opposed yeah. to trying to prevent them from getting it in the first place. So let, yeah. let's just, let's just push that aside. Okay. And let's, let's look at how, for example, now you, so you've got union representation that's so hung up on the money. You finally get to the field because you're, you know, again, you're a Marlins player. You're an Orioles player. You are uh, a Royals player. You're, you're trying to make a roster. You're trying to make a name for yourself in this game. And yet, what what ends up happening is, you know, you end up with these outbreaks. And what frustrates me is that now Manfred stands over everybody and says, oh, well, you guys better shape up. It's like, okay, man. Like, it, it's uh, somebody tweeted, and I forget who it was, and I'm not going to cr- even speculate on the credit because it was a great analogy, and I don't want to miscredit somebody. But somebody actually said, you know, it's almost like the parent throws the kid in the water, and then when they get out of the water, they say, well, why are you all wet? You, it, it's, it, it's mind-boggling to me that we're going to stand here and act like, you know, guys like, um, you know, Islam Diaz and uh, Sandy Alcantara are going to somehow be able to, like, stand up for themselves and say, you know what, like, maybe this is where this is my moral high ground. I'm going to take a stand here. We can't expect that. You know, mm-hmm. you can expect that of players like, uh, you know, Joey Votto self-reported symptoms this week. Great. He's Joey Votto. 
Okay. Um, you know, you can, you can talk about guys like say Nick Markakis. You can talk about who opted back in for reasons I uh, watch. Yeah. I mean, you you really, you're a platoon outfielder and it's like, yeah, let me just jump right back in, (laughs) right back in the mix here. I don't see why I wouldn't. Right. I mean, uh, so you look at these players uh, in, you know, David Price. These are, these are guys whose career is, is made. You know, they'll yep. make more money than I can dream of. Uh, and, and they're set. And I, and I, and, uh, I, I'm not, it's frustrating because it just shows the lack of education of this virus and how it works. And it shows the sort of blame game, the sort of sense of higher accountability we're putting on people who we can't expect to have that level of, you know, awareness. Yep. Yeah. They were, com- players were completely reliant on, on MLB and MLBPA to, to be the ones that, that led this, right. They were supposed to be the product that was, that was on the field that, that was going to be able to follow the guidelines that were set before them. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, they got a responsibility, but it wasn't laid out worth a shit. So, you know, complete. I, I just feel like it's a, it's a failure on, it's a failure on both sides because yeah. you really, it, 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 this whole argument started as look at the owners and look at how they're mistreating the players. Mm-hmm. But then, but then you, for then like you take a step back and you think about, you know, how the union mm-hmm. is mistreating its members. I, I really feel that way at this point because yep. the union is mistreating its members by putting not educating like where at any point does Max Scherzer who is getting like, you know, can't think of a guy more made than Max Scherzer in all of this. And where is he going to stand up and say, you know what? Like maybe we should educate, maybe we should put some resources into education towards, you know, you're a union rep, you're a union leader. You're a player representative. There's a level of responsibility that comes with that. Yep. And, you know, you are a, um, you know, a Don Mattingly is a manager of a team. You know, there's a certain level of responsibility that comes with that. Yep. Derek Jeter, you're the owner of a team. There's a certain level of accountability that comes with that. Yep. And we have literally every level of this game right now, just looking at, at the public like, Meh. you can't, you know, well, you can't see me right now, listeners, but I'm shrugging my shoulders. Yeah, what were we supposed to do? I don't understand. I mean, we, we there was nothing. We tried the best that we could. <laughs> I don't. I don't nothing. buy that, man. It, it's Ow. so frustrating, and then, and it puts guys like even Steve. All right, I'll use Steven Souza Jr. Okay, here's a guy as an example, guy that spoke out. It was uh, said, uh, quoted, uh, you know, basically speaking to players, saying your de- your decisions off the field will put all of our season in jeopardy. This all of our seasons in jeopardy this year. Here's a guy recovering from a incredibly violent, terrible knee injury. Yep. He needs this. He needs 2020 in all of its weirdness. Yep. So what Max Scherzer is doing and what Justin Verlander and all of these high-end player, player reps, I don't know if Verlander's a player rep. I'm just kind of throwing his name out there because he just seems like, the, you know, he's Mr. Outspoken on all of this shit except sign stealing. Um <laughs> 
Well, it, well, sign stealing when it's not his team, and then if yeah. it is, and then he's silent about That's it. That's a deal, yeah. Come, yeah. come at me, Justin. Um, the biggest thing that I have an issue with is that your union leaders are supposed to, you know, fight for wages, create a safe working environment, and they succeeded, I guess, on one thing, and they failed on the other. As an owner or a manage, and if you're in management of a of a business. Because that's how you know major leagues wants to be treated as a business. You have a responsibility to your employees to create a safe working environment and to uh, you know to to pay them. And again, yep. they're failing on both fronts. That's the reason why David Price left. Right. right. I mean, he paid the friggin' minor league salaries, and then he's just yeah. deuced. Yeah. Yep. See you later. I'm out. Right. And, and I don't know who I saw that that bowed out. And uh, somebody's like, oh, OK, well, that person's making X million dollars this year. So they've really got something to lose. So it's really serious to them that they're they're getting out of this. And it's like, yeah, that guy doesn't have near as much to lose as the players that are just trying to get a paycheck. Right. Right. There's so many players that you know, would love to be able to opt out, but unfortunately the pay that they're getting this year is pretty vital to them. Right. So there's a lot of players that don't well, have, well, like that look at the, out. look at the rosters that are seeing the biggest effects of this. They're talking about the Marlins and it, you know, if it starts with the Marlins fine, but if this was the Yankees, I'm telling <laughs> you this season would be shut down. If Aaron judge started having shortness of breath, We'd be done, and that is, and and it's a terrible thing to think about. It really is. Like I, it would it'd at least be postponed for at least a week. It would have right. been at least postponed for a week if it was the Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers. If it would have been one of them, hell, if it would have been the Astros, they'd have probably shut it down for two weeks and still suspended Joe Kelly for eight games. But <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it, it's fascinating <laughs> to me. It, it's it's just, it. I feel like the game has just. You could not have a more systemic failure on every level, yeah. you know. It, and it's a and it's a question of accountability. It's a it, it really it's it's almost like baseball is trying to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. It's like baseball's the baseball is the Mets in general right now. Yeah, yeah, basically right. I mean, I, I mean, the Blue Jays didn't have a home, right? Right, I mean, they didn't have a home. Oh, the opening day, first pitch already thrown. <laughs> Blue Jays were like, I don't know. I don't know where we're going to play. Um, and and then, yeah, I mean, they picked out the postseason and figured it out like three hours before first pitch that day. Right. I mean, everything about it is winging it. And I get it. It's 2020. It's a different year. So we got to play by different stuff, right? Different rules. And, you know, but good Lord, a little bit of preparation on anything. Good Lord, just a little well, bit. I mean, all yeah. that time that we were hoping that we'd get 81 games for a season or 75 or 70 or whatever, right. and they finally got down to the point where the Players Association, the Players Association said, I give up. You just tell us how many games and when we got to show up. Yeah, all that time, all those those 21 games per team that we're missing, what happened in there? Who was trying to figure out, well, okay, we know we're probably going to go down to like a 50, 55, 60 game season. Major League Baseball knew that was the plan the whole time. Well, okay. Right. Then what'd you do with that month of June? Right. Right. Would you do that early part of July where you were piddling away? Uh, the opportunity of playing more games in the season. Were you working on the plan? 
I mean, you, you knew you were going to have some sort of season. You never planned on not having one because if they, they would have never planned on not having a season because their whole damn goal was to have like super postseason so they can make some money. Yeah. Right. So, well, have- it, it, it boils down to, for me, Jim, it boils down to the fact that the two most critical components of this, you have two people that are not qualified for their job. And, and you're talking about Rob Manfred, who is a lawyer who it, I'm, I am buying into. And I am so embarrassed that I have talked, I have talked positively of uh, Manfred in the past on his handling of the, uh, of the Astros situation. And, and I, and I have, I have, I've had positive things to say about him, but here's the thing. You have a lawyer who does not like baseball. Hot take, right? You have a lawyer that does not like baseball. Then you have a baseball player who is not a lawyer representing the players. You have two people that are, if you combined them, you would have one of the positions. (laughs) <laughs> you know, because say yeah. what you will and say what you will. And there's a lot to say about Don Fear and um, uh, and um, uh, Bud Selig. There's a lot to say. But I will tell you this. It's, it, it's kind of in the same way. I feel like we I look back at Don Fe- at that uh, administration, if you will, the 94 strike team. I look back at the at Donald Fear, and I look back at Tony at uh, at um you know Bud Selig, and then I look at you know compare them to say Rob Manfred and Tony Clark, and as irritating as the '94 season was, it was important. It felt like it stood for something. Yep. It felt like. No, it felt like yes, there was this surface level millionaires versus billionaires. I get all of that, but it felt like it was a real there was progress being made that the players had to win because it was right. There was a moral compass. Yeah. There, there's nothing here. Uh, Like 2020 is a straight up circus. Well, it is. And because the player, I feel like the players are eroding the, the ground that they had to stand on, on all of this there. It's eroding underneath of them because of the, and this Marlins outbreak is what's doing it because it's clear. They did not educate. You know, all that time, like you said, they, what were the what the frick were they doing in June? At all that prep time, all of this prep time, and yet here we are. You've got Manfred yelling at them like they're children, which I mean, whatever. Some of them are pretty young. Yeah, they're pretty young, so <laughs> I guess that's not totally out of the realm of possibility. Not, not children, but, but yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's embarrassing. Yeah, putting the put the onus on the on the players that you know if you guys don't straighten up, this season's gonna get canceled, right? It's like right. wait a minute, and they're not the only ones that gotta take responsibility here. It's an all around failure from every front, right? MLB MLBPA should have been leading the damn way. Yeah, ownership, uh, management. I mean, the players. Everybody's got a responsibility, right? Just because you know everybody should. It's a pandemic. Yeah. Right. Everybody should be on their best behavior and, and working to figure it out because the rest of us are all depending on the guy next to us to get it right. And if they don't, then everybody else suffers for it, right? So right. as much as I wear a mask and I distance myself from people, I'm still wearing a mask and distancing myself from people because I have to. Right. Not everybody's taking it as serious as they probably should. So, uh, yeah, baseball, same damn boats. You know, well, and on one hand... In defense of the players too, like 
when how many workplaces you go to is it on the employees to to create a safe working environment you know yeah. I, I i work in i work in retail um you know i'm 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 a manager so it's my it's the expectation that when my employees show up me as the manager i'm responsible for making sure that they walk into a what i believe to be a safe environment it's up to the owner of the company to make sure that we have things like masks and gloves and we have all the proper stuff. I, I get that, you know, you know, baseball and retail sure are different things, but yeah, they're kind I mean, of not. Yeah, to an extent, right? I mean, I, it, the thing with baseball that's going to be an issue, especially going forward, is how the travel. Yeah. Right? I mean, they didn't play in the bubble. They didn't go find a place to play in the bubble, and I know it's going to be difficult to – to figure that out or whatever, but I think there should have been an effort, right? There should have been uh, something to slow down the travel and the amount of times that they're going to be bouncing around. Because I know that, you know, for me, if, if I'm changing between sites that I'm working at, you know, I've increased my risk. I've put myself around different people and in a different environment. And then I go work somewhere else. I'm around another set of different people. Right. Okay. Well, these guys did really good. And these guys did really good to, to follow protocols and they cleaned everything up. But then I get to the third site and it's just a bunch of people running around sick as a dog coughing all over each other. Well, crap. Right. And, and so it's going to be tough for the, the baseball players to be able to get to work and know that the environment that they're in is just as good as the last environment they were in. They're going to be in a bunch right. of different environments. So I think limiting their amount of travel was supposed to be, should have been a key for this, right? So playing, two game and three game series and bouncing all over the damn place. I mean, if you're going to play 10 teams or 10 games against a team in a year and five of them are going to be on the road and five are going to be at home, you just might have to play all 10 at once and just play right. pick a stadium and one team plays at home five times. The other one plays at home five times. And, and there you go. Now you've at least limited the travel, you know, you maybe save the team a, a little bit of heartache and uh, yeah, it gives you a chance to win. But if we mean, really wanted this, if we really wanted this, someone would have made it. I feel like more concessions would have been made here. Like, we, yeah. you know, tournament-style play. I mean, golly, you mean to tell me none Some, of these guys played travel ball where they played, like, two and three games in a day? Yeah. You know, well, and, what, yeah, not to oversimplify it, but, I mean, uh, that there's something there. What was the point of playing in all these other – what's the, what's the point of the Yankees playing in Yankee Stadium against the Red Sox tonight? Right. It was a really. What does it really matter? There's no fans going to be there. Why did you even make a schedule that way? It didn't matter where they played. All you had to do was get the players there. Is it the baseball field? Yeah. Okay, that works. Can right. we bring in our broadcasters and get it done? Okay. Yeah. The place for the cameras. Okay. They could play in Philadelphia for all I care. Just what the heck did? There's no home. I mean, the home field advantage would be, I guess. Yeah. The surroundings look familiar to an extent, except there's absolutely nobody in the stands. So really, it tells me that. That, that, that what I was saying earlier, like, let's well, if you're going to play 10 games, just play five at home, five away in the same stadium against the same team and then move on to the next thing. Right. Well, that was n never going to be a part of the option because we all know when the season started, when they start talking about that last week was like the right when the season started, probably uh, you hear everybody like, oh, well, maybe if we're lucky, right, we might be able to get people in the stands in September. Right. It's like, oh, so there it is. Right. Back to money again. Yep. It was never about safety it was never about dealing with covid it wasn't about you know making sure nobody got sick they didn't care the whole damn reason that they did what they did was to make money so they were hoping to get butts in the seat in september they wanted this expanded playoff so they can get money out of fox and tbs and 
get 16 teams in the playoff, which is ridiculous. And uh, it, it was never about the damn players. We're, we're, you know, it seems like every hundred years in baseball, we're due some, for some kind of black eye. And yeah. I, I honestly feel like this is going to be the black eye for the sport. Like when we look back on this, like how this is handled when we are no longer dealing with the coronavirus on this level, we're going to look back on this and it's going to be, um, it's it's the mishandling of this at every level. It started as just mishandling at one level. Now it's no pun intended gone viral into the next, into every aspect of the sport. It's just been absolutely a circus. So, yeah. And there's and you know what the funny part is, Jim? We haven't even gotten to the the the, the other stuff going on. So so we're gonna yeah. take a quick break here, and we're gonna like Jim and I are gonna like take a Xanax and reassess our <laughs> life choices, and then when we get back, we're gonna talk a little bit about everything else going on. So uh, so we'll be right back. And welcome back, uh, Jim and Adam here. And uh, Jim, we were well, we were kind of downers in the in the in the first segment there. So I'm hoping that you know what let's let's talk about some things that we like so far this season. It's it's easy to it's easy to you know uh, forecast rain when you're wet. So yeah. let's yeah. Uh, let's talk about some things that we like this season. What in uh, you brought up a good one while we were off air there. So tell me tell me what you like so far in 2020. I mean, so far, I, I'm just enjoying the Pujols chase of Willie Mays uh, for the home run spot number five, right? Where Mays has been stuck for quite a while now since uh, being passed by A-Rod, right? So, uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, right? I'm, I'm, I'm on the, let's see what Pujols can do. And now that he's had a little bit of time to rest, um, can focus hopefully on being... I, I mean, mostly, I mean, half DH, I guess, half first base, right? Because Shohei Otani takes a lot of those DH spots from him. So I, if he could just focus on hitting, I'd like to see a, him pass Mays, maybe show us something like a 15 home run shortened season or something like that that shows that, hey, man, next year when he comes back and gets a full season in, maybe plays 125, 130 games, maybe hopefully as a DH again, um, that there's a possibility he reaches 700. All right, so I'm really curious to see if he's able to put enough progress together. And we, as long as he's healthy, he's going to pass Willie Mays here, hopefully within a week or two. But um, yeah, I just want to see if the the progress is enough this year to set him up to reach that magic 700, where only Ruth and and uh, Aaron and and Vaughn sit. That's, I wonder. That's what I'm jacked about. And you know, it, it's funny, like recency, re, a recency bias, right? I wonder if when we look back on Pujols' career, if we look at it as dis- with as much disdain as we do now. Like, we, we really look at the latter part of his career, and we look at the contract, and we look at, um, you know, how he's kind of fallen off in the last uh, couple of years, uh, or a few years, really. Um, I wonder if we're going to look at it the same way. Like, I almost, I agree with you, because I feel like the importance of what he's doing 
is almost being pa- it's we're letting it pass us by a little bit. Yep. Where it's it's kind of like I get the impression that Pujols is the victim of the steroid era in a way because nobody's reached these heights that hasn't had the, those sorts of allegations. It's almost like we don't believe it or we don't trust it. Yep. So we're trying to find reasons to doubt it. And Pujols is sort of the victim of that. So I, I agree with you. I really... I'm. I don't. I think I'm rooting for him harder now than ever before, yeah. because I just. I want to. I want to see in a search for positivity, right? In in, in the search for positive positivity this year, he is a story that I think that will get underreported now, or will be dismissed now, and won't get the recognition it deserves. But I think in about twenty years. You know, when you and I are, are famous and we're being interviewed for Ken Burns's Ken Burns Jr.'s baseball documentary. Can't wait. Yeah, we'll be we'll we'll be looking back on Albert Pujols' career with a lot more reverence than we currently have. Yeah, I think that's the size of the contract to get him into to LA has also been a, a, a detriment to what he's accomplished in his career, right? It's like the man earned his paycheck, right? And, right? and moved to LA on that paycheck and then didn't put up the years that he put up while he was in St. Louis. Well, of course. I mean, he, he aged. Good grief, you know? And so, yeah, he didn't age like Barry Bonds. Well, we all know why Barry Bonds aged the way he did. That's no mystery. We should be applauding the fact that Albert Pujols has obviously been fairly natural, right? I mean, it's at least it seems like it, the way that the production's been. So, Do you yeah, feel... I, I wonder... Sorry, but I wonder, do you think that, do you think that analytics and like the, the, because Albert Pujols is the, the tail end of his career corresponds mm-hmm. in a great deal with the rise of analytics. The, and analytics is a, is a, is a now, it's a very in the present type of thing. It's, it's, it's analyzing data that we have in, in order to predict outcomes or things like that. Right. Do you, do you wonder if Pujols' career is marred so much in the present because it's almost like we've convinced ourselves not to enjoy the majesty of it? You know, like, 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 like Hank Aaron felt, you know, everybody, all of these great hitters, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays was like a borderline platoon player towards the end of his career. Jackie Robinson batted 249 you know, his last season uh, with, with the Dodgers, uh, just two years removed from the World Series, um, you know, you, you, and, and, that, and that, you know, that World Series. Um, you know, you look at guys towards the end of their career, and I think about, like, say, A-Rod, clearly a product of the steroid era. I mean, admittedly the product of the steroid era, right? Yeah. Yep. And then Albert Pujols, as we look at the end of his career, it's almost like we're so wrapped up in the numbers in, in the in the immediate numbers now that the sort of majesty, the sort of romanticism of what he's doing is just being is almost being kind of put in the background a little bit. Now we're spending more time talking about how much of a drain he is. Like, do you think yeah. they were talking about Hank Aaron this way when he went back to the Mo- Milwaukee to play for the Brewers after his time with the Braves? Yeah, no, he never had to worry about, you know, five, six, seven years of his career being 
uh, you know, putting in the end of that scrutiny, right? And he didn't ever have to worry about going through a stat cast era, right? Where right. Pujols, unfortunately, is only going to get maybe a quarter of his career in the stat cast era. And that's right. it's a crying shame because, I mean, we'd have, I'd have loved to have seen what, what the difference is between the Pujols of back then that we used to get to see versus what we've got now, right? Right. Um, what his what kind of uh, uh, exit velocity he was getting on his hits, right? Because um, that man just matched. They were monster home runs, uh, man. You just get out of the way. I mean, because, right. I mean, if you're down there on third base, man, he's going to pull in your direction, and you bet you're hoping it goes over the fence so it doesn't take off your head. So right. uh, it, that's what he was, right? Versus what he's now. But the only information that we got on him now is, oh, look at this. Oh, he's not that good. Well, yeah, he's. 36 to 40 years old in the stat cast era. So I just worry it's passing. I just worry it's passing us by, but uh, I'm making a, you know, in, in all of the negativity surrounding this year, I, I, I am very much on board with trying to hold on to, maybe it's time to kind of take a step back and hold on to the things like Pujols and like the, the records that he's chasing. So yeah, I agree yeah, with you so. there. Look at him in a positive light because, yeah, what he's done in his career and uh, how he's done in his career, uh, he's just a respected person in this game. Um, and so we should be applauding what he's actually done. Yeah, we might not be seeing the pool numbers that we all were hoping that we'd see when he was getting to be 40 years old, but he's still putting up some numbers that are pretty cool career-wise and that they should be celebrated. Yeah, we should be hoping that uh, some of these guys that sign their big contracts are putting up numbers like he is, you know, on their age 39 season when their yeah, sure. contracts are albatrosses, right? Yeah, 39-year-olds um, aren't going to be very popular in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> there may yeah. not be that many of them. There not going to be too many that get that, right? The, right. the only reason why we're getting 39-year-olds and 40-year-olds now is mostly because of contract length. Right, That's that does it. Uh, I am, I'm embracing uh, – my thing that I like this year is I'm embracing the weird – and I'm loving the fact that the Baltimore Orioles are uh, the Baltimore Orioles are in, are in second place in their division. They're, what? they're they're five and three. The um, you know the Seattle Mariners are just a game under five hundred. Uh, the Marlins, uh, albeit uh, you know with a with a shortened season so far, are ahead of the Nationals. The Cubs are in first place decidedly in the NL Central, and the Colorado yeah. Rockies are edging the Dodgers. My thing that I love this year is the weird, is the fact that, you know what, like, we could really, Jim, Jim, yeah. we could see a first-round matchup in the playoffs that include the Baltimore Orioles, okay, and it's not inconceivable. Just follow me on this. The Seattle Mariners. I'm awesome. just, I'm just saying it could happen, and I'm loving it. It is, it is so fun to like think that like somehow could shed long. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, could Dansby Swanson make a run at MVP? Yeah, why not? Yep. Like, could. You know, could we be looking at you're a Chris Davis revival away from the Orioles becoming like a legit powerhouse? Like, come on. Like yeah. it's and it makes no sense because there's no way that's all that the Orioles need. Right. There's 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 it's, it makes no sense. Yeah. But but there it is. 
every like, game supports so much more now so every win counts for so much more in a shortened season and they're putting up wins so every time they do that they increase their playoff percentages right i mean even even the worst of the worst that i see here shows that that before they even started baltimore Orioles had a 12 percent chance to make the postseason do, do you would you have guessed like i would have bet my mortgage that the Orioles would not have a 12% chance of the playoffs for after the first week of the season, and I don't give a shit when it started. Yeah, no. Would have never, ever, ever would have gotten it. And that was before today, right? And they won today. So I don't know what it's going to be tomorrow. But Could the Orioles be buyers at the trade deadline? Like, this is this is, right? this is the kind of type of stuff that runs through my head. Like, yeah. you know, it, it are, the, is, uh, are the Orioles looking around? And saying to themselves, is Elias looking around and saying, you know what, like, why not? Like, we're not go- we're not going anywhere next year. Like, you know, it'll cost us one or two prospects. Like, yeah, shovel them on. Like, give me give me a good start, like a good not great starter. You know, get, you know, and you've got a guy like uh, that's on a short term on the last deal, last year of his contract. His team's out of contention. You know, I, I could see a situation where. It's where the Orioles make the postseason, and it's yeah, not yeah. weird. Like I, I, I love it. I love it. I think it's you know we talked last week about our mixed feelings about the expanded postseason and how we. I think we came to some kind of consensus that if it's just this year, okay, we'll live with it. Yep. Since our conversation, um, I am way into it. I am way into the idea of watching the Orioles just catch fire and knock out someone that way more deserves to be there and just do it, you know? You, you know they're going to be, though, like, I mean, if the, with this silly 16-team thing, right, That with the top three teams get to date, and they're going to get spanked. Somebody's going to get handpicked, and they're going to lose two straight to them, get knocked out of the playoffs, and that could be the Orioles. I mean, <laughs> could what do the, be. What do, what do the Yankees? What do the Yankees do if they win the win it? Right, they're the, they're the one seed. Right, they're going to look over there. They're going to be like, sweet, we can either choose between the Twins, who we dominate in the postseason, or the Orioles, who we haven't lost to since May of last year or whatever it was. Right. I mean, who do we who do we pick here? Right. But somebody's going to pick somebody, and they're going to they're going to get knocked out by somebody. And I, right. I mean, it'd be pretty hilarious if it was the Orioles. I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be great, teams. dude. Like there's a, there's a, there's a real bad news bears element to all of this. Yep. And, and I think, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be something if it was the, if after all of the, 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 the shit show that this year has been, wouldn't it be something if the Orioles or the Royals or the Tigers. The Tigers are five and five right now. Like, yeah. what if one of these teams that gave up, that just said, we're not playing this year, shows up and wins the World Series? Yeah. Winning's contagious. Well, winning not just the- winning is contagious, my dude, but like, I feel like Major League Baseball, like, that could be the ultimate. That would be a positive. People would take that away, that take that away as a win, and it will probably be the only win that baseball gets all year. Yeah, I'm of the opinion at this point that if the Twins, Braves, 
Astros, Yankees, um, you know, Dodgers win the World Series. It's a loss. It's fine. You were going to win one anyway. Go ahead. Yeah. If the Orioles, the Blue Jays, the Royals, the Marlins, the Rockies win the World Series, it would be... It will be what will ultimately save baseball from this terribleness that surrounds it. Yeah, it would be kind of bonkers, but I mean, I guess the fear that I would have is that it would give the excuse to try it again. And in a 60-game season, it makes sense, but in a 162-game season, uh, taking 16 teams into the playoffs so that this would happen again... I don't. Cheap, I don't know. Cheap into regular season. I don't know that I, I. I hear what you're saying. I don't think I agree with it because there is no way that if the Yang, if the Orioles win the World Series, there is absolutely no way that that any other winning team is going to say, "Yeah, let's do this again." Because you know yeah. they're going to have to beat one of these teams on the way there. Yeah. I, yeah. I. 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 I'm. I, I'm bordering on being an Orioles fan. I'm bordering with that. I'm bordering. I mean, because here's the thing, man. Let's just, you know, I I said it in the last episode, like it's 2020. Let's just embrace the weird. Like I know it's only eight games into the season. I, or at least eight games for the, or for the Orioles universe. Yep. And this could all just disintegrate by like Wednesday, but like, Hey man, let's just let's do this. Let's let's go. Let's go. All, I want. I'm gonna go like all in on a rebuilding team, sneaking into the postseason, and just ripping through the field. I want. I want to see. I want to see the reality show, because yeah. this 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 is how I envision it. Aaron Judge walks up to the podium, flanked by Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole. And they go and they announce the New York Yankees select the Baltimore Orioles as our first round playoff opponent. And then it's like, you know, whatever, montage plays, all that. Yeah. And then the last out, all right, the last out. I don't even, who the hell is in the Orioles bullpen? Like, give me a name. Like, who? It's that. It used to be Gibbons out there. Um, yeah, there, yeah, right? Michael Givens. Michael Givens yeah. strikes out Giancarlo Stanton to end yeah. the the end end the Yankees season, and the celebration on the field commences. I, I want to I want to see that montage in twenty twenty one. I want I want to see that. I I I just I know it, I know I know it probably won't happen, and it most likely won't yeah. happen. But I need it in my life, Jim. I, it's only two out of three. I mean, that that's the problem that I have with the thing is how cheap it is to get that victory. I mean, I, I mean, I, I posted a tweet not too long ago about the Yankees losing home series last year in, in, in Yankee Stadium, right? Who did they lose their home series to all year long, right? They won the last, they either won or tied their last 20, I think, home series or 22 home series or whatever it is now. But the three that preceded that, were losses to the White Sox, the Tigers, and the Orioles at home playing three games. They lost those series. That's the last three series the Yankees lost at home. It just tells you how easy it is to lose two out of three. Those were home games with fans in the stands. Right. Right? So Games that that meant something. 
Yeah, where you know the NBA. I mean, like two out of three between the one seed and the eight seed. The one seed will probably win four out of the three games that they play. It's just not even close. Right? Oh, and baseball's a different animal. Oh, and by the way, it would be Cole Solser. Sol is Solser, I think. Solser. S U L S E R. Well, so far, the thirty-year-old reliever. Uh, that was originally drafted by the Indians in the 25th round. Yep. Walking have, up the mound with the victory in hand. Doing uh, a social a, distancing dog pile yeah, as, as Giancarlo Stanton hangs his head and walks to an empty dugout. Yeah, after losing 16 to nothing in the second game. It's, a, yeah. you know, don't, tell, don't come to me when it happens and tell me that I was right because yeah. I already well, knew it. Well, at least your dream will be alive for another week or two. Yeah. Before things start <laughs> straightening out again, right? Right. When the season so. disintegrates at game 20, I think it'll... I, I, I feel like... I'm, I'm feeling like gutsy, not just because, you know, however many glasses of vino by this point, but like, I'm also feeling like there's... I just don't see this season making it all the way. So again, embrace the weird. It, it, yep. the, the Orioles are, are going to go to the postseason and they're going to knock out the Yankees and they're going to save baseball. The worst team in baseball will save it. Yep. Yeah. That's go, it. I don't know if they're the worst team. I wouldn't. I, I, I they, still think Detroit's the worst team. They might be. I mean, arguably. I mean, I, um, yeah. Or, I, why not? You know, he, the Tigers, you know, Joe Jimenez. Striking yeah, out, same thing. Striking out George Springer. I mean, mm. copy and paste. Like I'll take, I'll take any team that lost a hundred games in the last two years as my World Series pick. So you got, yeah, yeah. You end up with the ALCS with the Orioles, Tigers, and then, uh, but with the with the NLCS would look what like the Marlins and the uh, Pirates or something. I don't know. I want to see right? the Mariners. Like I want to see the Mariners in the postseason. Let's do this. Yeah, I mean, it would be pretty crazy. I want to see, like a, I want to see an Orioles Mariners ALCS, and just and again embrace the weird. I want to see it. Yeah, Marlins Mariners, right? That's what one guy was telling me. A team that hasn't been there since like '03, and a team that hasn't been there since '01. Yeah, there you go. Put them in there. <laughs> this this year, <laughs> this year is made for the Marlins to the Marlins to like. Wouldn't that be a comeback story? Like the yeah. Marlins, like decimated by coronavirus, they get Pat Vendette to like close out <laughs> Game Six of the World Series. Yeah, old Vendetti. Yeah, it'd be pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it'd be pretty crazy if those guys can pull anything together, right? I mean, right. They, 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 yeah, they've only played three games this season, and and sixty percent of the team's gone. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's going to be a weird one for those guys. Uh, yeah, well, good luck. I hope your Orioles work it out. I hope that you know they finish somewhere close enough to make it happen. I'm so, I'm pulling I'm pulling for them. Go go uh, go uh, go birds. Go birds. So uh, that's an <laughs> Eagles thing, really. But I'll 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 adopt it for this. So yeah, Jim. Somehow that was a show. So already, uh, yeah, that was a show. And that flew. Yeah, so uh, we will be uh, we'll be back next week. We're gonna we're gonna keep this up, and uh, I appreciate everybody listening. And uh, and we'll be uh, we'll be back next time. <laughs>